We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. The Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Tuesday Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Wix.com. It is Tuesday, October 4th, 2016. I'm Jake Latarski here alongside Eric Katuri. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow Eric at ETCAT30. You can follow me at JakeSki52. One quick reminder, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher, please take a couple seconds to click five stars or rate and review the pod. Uh, Any and all feedback is always appreciated. Of course, we definitely appreciate those ratings as well. Get the word out if uh, we're helping you at all with the waiver while you're here. Eric, it's another week in the books, uh, week four. Oh, finally all closed up. It was a rough one for me. I was one and four. Please tell me you fared fared better. Oh, uh, yeah. So in three of the four, I uh, had 
resounding wins. Like it wasn't really mm-hmm. that close. And who's and your the, who's your week five M- or week four MVP? Um, I guess Julio. Oh, there you um, go. In one league, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess in the uh, one league in which I lost, it was a resounding defeat. Like I mm-hmm. just got dominated. So yeah. I mean, it was either one way or the other. But I exactly. I, I can't really like you know be too down about uh, d- mm-hmm. down about it. Yeah, exactly. See, I was one in four, but in two of those losses, I went against Julio. So oh, I mean, it's like, well, what are exactly. you going to do? I, how does that happen? Of course, or two Matt out of those. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And I did. I mean, I wasn't going against Matt Ryan, but uh-huh. uh, but it was just Julio getting in, sure. in a full PPR, getting forty eight points. You can't really overcome that. That's no. very difficult. Jeez. You can even get crap from the rest of your your rest of your players and still score over a hundred points. And, and he, it's not like my team performed performed poorly. I just didn't score enough points. And uh, Julio's performance doesn't even enter the top five of all time receiving games. Yeah. Uh, I think he's ranked sixth after that game mm-hmm. he might be the sixth 300 because he was 300 right on the dot right yep. yeah yeah the top is uh 336 by flipper anderson in 1989 Ooh, there's if a, you've ever heard of him there's a there's a good bit of trivia to use uh <laughs> in your office here we're at the dinner table this evening here but uh, let's jump into monday night football eric we've got the new york giants losing to the minnesota vikings it was uh it was an impressive performance by the vikings i have to say i have to give them that the final score minnesota 24 the Giants 10 here. Let's kind of look at this from a fantasy sp- standpoint. Let's start with the winners. Sam Bradford, 26 for 36, 262 yards in a score. Uh, he really did spread the ball around. Kyle Rudolph is looking like his favorite target. Five for 55 yards on seven targets and a score for him as well. The only receiver to score. Both Minnesota running backs scored. Jarek McKinnon, 18 attempts for 85 yards. Matt Asiata, six for just six yards, but he got the score. Anything jump out at you on the Minnesota side? Um. Aside from Kyle Rudolph scoring for the third straight game, that just tells me um, that he's the primary red zone guy that Brad's exactly. looking at. I, mm-hmm. I mean, this is there aren't that Im- that many impressive lines aside from McKinnon. McKinnon with uh, 85 total yards and a TD. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, like, I, I guess those are the two things I would focus on when it comes to Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's looking more and more like Kyle Rudolph might end up finish the year as a top 10 tight end. He's always been not healthy a little bit, but uh, but I think this year if he gets a full 16 games in and, and the way this team is set up and ready to go, mm-hmm. I think the sky's the limit for him. What about the Giants side? There's a lot of interesting uh, scenarios going on here. Kind of a, not too poorly of a day for Eli Manning, but we've seen the Minnesota defense just wreak havoc on opposing quarterbacks so far. Eli Manning, 25 for 45 261 yards no touchdowns and a pick the real story here is Odell Beckham he was targeted nine times of course uh, tied with uh, Victor Cruz and Bobby Rainey for the team high finished with three for 23 and no scores uh long was a 10-yard pass I mean are opposing corners have, have they figured it out or is, is the key to this just getting into Odell Beckham's head and making him play emotionally or are you just going to write this off as hey the Vikings gave him Xavier Rhodes Terrence Newman even Trey Trey Wayne's not too much but like the Vikings are being a top defense can you can you write this off and and, and go back to Odell next week of course um I mean he will be playing the Packers and if the Packers are indeed without Sam Shields again I think mm-hmm. he'll be able to exploit the defense and I think actually all the Giants receivers will be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if Sam Shields is back, though, um, it'll be a different story. I, but I don't think Sam Shields is, is exactly going to be able to get in Odell Beckham's head. It's, he's not mm-hmm. that type of player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would count on a bounce back happening. Just like, come on, like the like Eli and uh, you know head coach um, Ben McAdoo are going to sit him down and be like, you got to like concentrate on the game, man, and mm-hmm. don't let this extraneous stuff like affect you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'd actually be banking on uh, Odell Beckham to be back next week. If someone wants to, uh, if you want to like lowball owners, Odell Beckham owners with a trade, 
give it a shot because he's a player that's going to he's worth acquiring. He's he's a top five player. I feel like Eric, a lot of our job as fantasy fantasy analysts is to tell people calm down, hold your horses here. I, I had someone ask me on Twitter this week, should I trade John, should I trade DeAndre Hopkins for John Brown? And I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? What the heck are you thinking? I mean, I know Hopkins had a bad game, but he's done it with no quarterbacks his entire career he's going to be just fine it feels like most of our job as fantasy analysts sometimes is to just preach patience and i think that's the case with odell yeah i mean jesus yeah people just like to jump on these crazy type things yeah like deandre did go against the titans this time and still didn't do much so that that has to be worrisome but i mean coming back to uh new york here aside from paul perkins you know taking that one ball uh 67 yards uh, Juke and everybody being mm-hmm. incredibly elusive, as we mentioned a week ago. Um, Eli didn't have a throw over 20 yards, a completion over 20 yards in this mm-hmm. game. Yeah, and I think you're going to see that as the norm with Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota yeah. limit, limited Cam Newton greatly. They limited Aaron Rodgers greatly. I mean, these are two league MVPs. I don't think, I mean, Minnesota's just going to be a matchup to avoid moving on from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. Real quick, what about the Giants' backfield here? We have Orleans Darkwell leading the way, 12 for 48 in a score. Bobby Rainey, 4 for 22, no scores, but he was targeted nine times in the passing game, finished with 7 for 43. So, I mean, is this uh, this could be a product of game flow, of course, Eli and the Giants being behind. Um, and we also saw Paul Perkins uh, with, an, with an awesome uh, catch and run, like uh, you discussed there, finished with uh, two catches for 72 yards. I mean, Rashad Jennings, I, he'll come back sooner or later, but how do you see the backfield shaking out? Man, it, this is a difficult one to you know comprehend. I think Rashad Jennings is still going to get the majority of the work when healthy, but who <laughs> knows if that will actually happen next week. They might just keep holding him out until he's totally good because, <laughs> I mean, they've been having a competent run game at the very least. I mean, they still averaged 4.3 yards per carry in this game as a backfield, so that's, you know, decent. <laughs> and Bobby Rainey seemed pretty serviceable as a pass-catching back, and now they seem to have two options not only Rainey, but Paul Perkins. Exactly. But I, I just don't see Paul Perkins or mm-hmm. Bobby Rainey really getting carries in this offense yeah. unless Darkwell was to go down. Yeah, I think I think short term, as long as they still want to cage up Paul Perkins, Bobby Rainey will fill the Shane Vereen role, yes. which is a little bit inconsistent, kind of third down back when you're when you're behind in the game and you need a back back there. I think Bobby Rainey will fill the Shane Vereen role. Maybe gives you a little utility in PPR formats, but I didn't write him down as one of our running back options today because he's kind yeah. of just that that one dollar stopgap that you you pick up if you need to get if you're in a 16 teamer or something and you need to get six points or something from your running back because that's what i mean there's not a ton of upside there uh because i think this week is pretty much a ceiling with him being used in third downs and and the whole last couple drives when eli needed to score a lot there when it when it comes to paul perkins though like in what type of league are you kind of considering adding him at this point after his you know after getting the first touches of his of his nfl career i mean if you're in any kind of dynasty format he probably should be owned already yeah if he's not say he is yeah i mean if even if you're only keeping like two or three players he's worth maybe a one dollar pickup or a waiver wire ad depending on what your keeper rules are if he lets you pick it because he could be he could have a big role next year it's not like Rashad Jennings is the long-term solution for that team and Paul Perkins clearly has the talent the elusiveness like you mentioned last week and and just the skills to be a good NFL back so I don't know why that coaching staff continues to cage him up but uh but well I mean it it seems like a thing that's been passed along from uh you know Tom Coughlin you know don't play rookies I mean he does he did do that with uh Odell Beckham of course but Mm -hmm. it seemed like they kind of like 
they want the the first year players to actually earn it before getting on the field. Yeah, and yeah, and that's very fair. But sometimes you just uh, can't afford no, exactly. to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we'll move on from that Monday night game. I think we can harp on the Giants coaching staff for, for an entire show here if we wanted to. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll move on to uh, the waiver wire portion of the podcast. Of course, all Fab recommendations going to be based on a standard twelve team format with a hundred dollar waiver budget. Percent owned figures took I took fees about late last night towards the end of Monday night football, and uh, those are subject to change, of course, regularly. Uh, and again, those are percent owned. Quick reminder, week five bye weeks, Jacksonville, Kansas City, New Orleans, Seattle. So there's a lot of uh, we got, we're starting to get into full swing with bye weeks here. We're going to have four or more teams every week off here. So definitely uh, becomes very important. Sometimes to, there will be six. Uh, exactly. Uh, one or two weeks mm-hmm. uh, later on. Yes. yes. Indeed. It becomes very important to uh, tune in and stay updated here. Uh, so let's start with the quarterbacks, Eric. Now there's not... A whole lot in terms of new pickups that you want to go after. Of course, Carson Wentz, if he's still left on the waiver wire, you can go ahead and grab him. He's the guy that we featured a lot in those updates. But what happens this week is it's mostly two quarterback league updates. We have Carson Palmer going down with a concussion. Cam Newton also going down with a concussion, and then Trevor Simeon suffering a shoulder injury here. I guess let's start with the Cardinals. And uh, I mean, is there any value in, in two quarterback formats for a guy like Drew Stanton? I mean, you follow the team closely. What was Stanton able to do uh, with that receiving core when he filled in for Palmer in the past? Um, well, this past Sunday, he actually completed four of eleven passes, Ooh. but two interceptions during that. Uh, and all they were doing was throwing two, and he just. Mm-hmm. He could only find like the most easy, wide open target. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, he actually started eight games for Carson Palmer in 2014 mm-hmm. when he went down with two different injuries, including a torn ACL or torn. It was a torn knee ligament at the very least, and mm-hmm. that ended his season. So anyway, during eight starts in 2014, 55% passing, 203 yards per game, six to five TD to inter- interception ratio, which is a mm-hmm. mediocre 76 QB rating. Yeah, very modest. Um, I mean, I think it's more the trickle-down effect to the wideouts when it comes to fantasy uh, in this mm-hmm. offense with Drew Stanton leading it, meaning you know Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown and Michael Floyd are just going to take a tumble i think down fantasy mm-hmm. rankings exactly on a weekly basis uh, on the other hand david johnson might just be used even more mm-hmm. more so than usual i think uh, to this point in the season he's getting about 19 touches per game i could easily see it getting bumped up to three or four touches and that would just obviously sustain him as number one fantasy running back Oop. Exactly. And you know, we do have uh, some breaking news with the Arizona situation. Yep. Chris Johnson uh, was placed on injured reserve Tuesday with a groin injury. So that makes David Johnson all the more valuable. He's going to be uh, the big guy. So yeah, I'm just, this is just in as we're recording this. Glad we could work this in here. But David Johnson, easily the top fantasy running back the rest of the season now. And that's, if anything, he's going to get used even like almost too much because they're going to just keep pounding him the ball. You're looking at that depth chart there. You, you go to Andre Ellington, Kerwin, Kerwin Williams, and Stephon Taylor after that. So it's the David Johnson show in Arizona for the foreseeable future. Yep. They have a short week, Tuesday against San Francisco, I believe. So, uh, And by the way, uh, when it comes to uh, Carson Palmer, uh, head coach Bruce Arians actually said on Tuesday that he hasn't ruled out Carson Palmer get re- getting rid mm-hmm. getting rid of symptoms by Thursday's game. On the other hand, it's a short week, so yeah. it seems like a stretch that that will actually happen. But keep a close mm-hmm. eye on that because Par- Palmer could play. I think it's very slim, like ten percent chance that mm-hmm. he does. Yep. But 
just something to keep an yep, eye on. Exactly. Another way, another reason to tune into Rotowire all week long. Again, rotowire.com slash free. If you haven't had a free trial before, you can get 10 days, no stri- strings attached, no credit card, no nothing here. But we mentioned Palmer with a short week. How about Cam Newton with the long week? Uh, he's got a Monday night game, so it's looking like they won't have to go to Derek Anderson here. But either way, the matchup's pretty good against Tampa Bay. Yeah, like every every quarterback has kind of ripped apart Tampa Bay this year, so mm-hmm. I I could easily see him getting a or having a bounce back performance. He, he's had two mediocre showings in a row now, exactly uh, against the Vikings and uh, you know if Falcons. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, it seems like it will be there, but yeah, he does have to get rid of those symptoms first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's taken a, he's probably taken a beating more than any other quarterback, and he, although he may have the frame to withstand some of that. He does get hit quite a bit, and uh, maybe you might want to say that he invited this hit. I guess that's uh, that's up for debate here, but uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, let's, let's, at least have a contingency plan in case the symptoms don't get better. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, but the most intriguing quarterback for the two quarterback formats for me is the Trevor Simeon situation here in Denver, and that's intriguing to me just because Paxton Lynch is one of those dual-threat quarterbacks, and, and that always means big things from a fantasy perspective here. However, it is looking like Trevor Simeon, who has a questionable designation, um, he, he's not going to practice a lot this week, but he still has a chance of starting on Sunday against the Falcons here. So another wait-and-see approach. It's not as if you were relying on Simeon in a lot of your leagues. Yeah, and uh, <coughs> just the fact that he has two really good wideouts at his disposal mm-hmm. like has to make things easier. I mean, Demarius and uh, Emmanuel Sanders make life easy on any quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Here, well, let's move on to the uh, running back portion. Here, we talked last week about Jordan Howard, about Orlean Starqua, about Wayne, Dwayne, Dwayne, excuse me, Dwayne Washington, and Wendell Smallwood. Jordan Howard's still the top pickup, I guess. If he's available in your league, you got to go out and get him, right? Um, if he's <coughs> unavailable, or if he's still available, yes, like go out there and grab him immediately. I would be very surprised if he's actually available, though, in mm-hmm. majority formats. Yeah, maybe ten team leagues. Yeah, 10-team leagues, but I think uh, he needs to be owned across the board right now because even when Langford does come back after a multi-week absence, Mm -hmm. I think that uh, he's going to remain in the back in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, like Jordan Howard will be the starter in New York, or rather Chicago for the next month, Mm -hmm. thereabouts. Yeah, and and possibly longer, so uh, Mm -hmm. definitely a a target that you want to check out there. All right, let's. What about this week, though? Uh, you look at backs that have some availability left. I think the number one pick this week across the board has got to be Terrence West of the Baltimore Ravens. He's only owned in thirty percent of Yahoo and forty-five percent of ESPN leagues. So it's a coin toss if you're in an ESPN league. Seventy percent chance he's out there in a Yahoo league. And the, and the reason Terrence West is actually you know the top ad when it comes to running backs is because Justin Forsett, who was inactive this past weekend, was mm-hmm. released on Tuesday. So that that big backfield is without Justin Forsett now, and you only have to worry about him losing touches to Buck Allen and Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon is still recovering from his knee injury. Yep, he hasn't been active yet this whole year. Exactly. So there really, there's really only one viable threat to his, uh, you know, carries and. Um, receptions, and that is Buck Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Buck Allen was also inactive weeks one th- for, through three. He made his yep. debut in week four here, and he Buck Allen, I think of as more of a, a pass-catching back type, yep. uh, someone that you use in screens and that type of thing, but Terrence West does have that capability as well. We saw shades of that when he was with the Browns a little bit. So I think Terrence West has got to be your top guy, Yes, um, the, your top target this week if you need any help at running back, and there's a lot of running backs on buys, if you're a Mark Ingram owner, if you're a Charles Ware owner, if you're a Yeldon Ivory owner, if you're a Christine Michael owner, you're probably looking for another bet here. And I would say that Terrence West is your best bet. What kind of fab bid are you looking at, Eric? Um, I don't know what Kevin Payne has uh, written in his uh, 
article when it comes to fab? He's got a 15 to 25 range, and I could very much see going over $20. Yeah, I mean, considering he got 21 carries this past weekend, why not throw down a $21 bid and see if that gets him for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, I would absolutely warrant going over 20. The only concern is... I think eventually Kenneth Dixon's going to push him. I don't yeah. think anyone else is going to push him, but so there is a little bit of risk of the, sh- the viability only being short term. Yeah. But here's the deal: he's going up. He's got a, a just a fabulous matchup this week. Um, I believe it is against the Redskins. the Redskins here. The Redskins are giving up. Well, okay, the Saints are giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing backs. Redskins are number two on that list, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other things to like here about this Washington matchup. As far as uh, they're giving up 4.9 yards per carry to opposing backs and allowing 133 yards per game on the ground, and tied for the league lead, I believe, with eight rushing touchdowns allowed this year. So there's a lot to like about this matchup this week. So if anything, uh, the matchup this week even makes him even more so the top uh, running back option. Maybe overall too, correct? Uh, like what, regardless of position. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're lo- if you yeah. just need to like fill in that flex, exactly. Too, yeah, he's someone there, that like, needs to go. Him. I mean, you, this this is someone that you bid uh, a quarter of your waiver wire budget on. You could probably use your top waiver priority claim on there too, because uh, yeah. all the cards and uh, everything's aligning. Mm-hmm. for Terrence West to have a big week. So he's the guy, fortunately, in our 16-teamer in our office league, the one I won last year. I'm already a happy Terrence West owner. I also own Terrence West in stake league, so uh, Very good. nobody else is doing that. But I'm going to try to get him in the, rest of my, uh, in the rest of my leagues as many as possible here. So we'll see how that goes. But if you can't get your hand on Terrence West, say you're in, you're in my stake league or you're in our 16-team office league, you got to look at some other options here. One of them I want to look at is Bilal Powell, just because there's a pretty unique Matt Forte situation going on here. Could you, can you kind of run down the Forte situation for us? Yeah, so after uh, Sunday's game, uh, he was actually seen riding a golf cart under the stadium, uh, seemingly toward the x-ray room, and a bunch of beat writers, or I don't remember which beat writer specifically, but one noted in a tweet that, oh, he's going toward the x-ray room, what does this mean? You know, mm-hmm. being all speculative about it. The yep. very next day, Todd Bowles is asked about this situation. That's head coach Ted Bowles of the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that, or he denied that Forte had an x-ray. We don't actually know if he had an x-ray or not because mm-hmm. coaches are notorious about, you know, not releasing or being, uh, you know. Just deceptive, not, yeah, not, deceptive not the full about, truth. Exactly. See Bill Belichick. Exactly. You know? So I, I can understand where he's coming from when he's saying that Forte did not have an x-ray, but he has had this knee issue for all season. He His practice routine is normally to be limited on Wednesdays before returning in full later in the week. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to, I guess, wait until Wednesday to see um, what he what kind of practice participation he does have. Mm-hmm. But, yes, when it comes to the next in, next on the pecking order, it is Bilal Powell, and he, he's showing really nice pass-catching chops on mm-hmm. the season so far. Yeah, and Powell was the guy that was on our drop list earlier in the year just because it looked like Forte was getting all of those carries. If you drafted Powell, you were drafting him thinking Forte was eventually going to maybe get hurt or fall off a cliff production-wise. Didn't look to be the case over the first three weeks here, but... I mean, Powell's someone that can be very productive in a PPR format, as shown by his last two weeks. Yeah, his last two weeks, he has uh, 12 catches for 95 <coughs> yards on 16 targets. He had six catches in both games. Uh, he also had four rushes in both contests, a total at a seven-yard per carry clip. Uh, you can't really deny that uh, you know, production. On the other hand, if he was to get a larger workload, he's probably not going to be able to sustain that. I mean, he can mm-hmm. sustain the catches, but... If he's afforded more rushes because Forte is hurt, his 
effectiveness on the ground is going to go down a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I think Powell is something that you definitely need to throw a couple dollars down in your PPR formats if he's still out there. I dropped him. I'm going to see if I can go back and get him again this week. Another running back that we might want to take a look at, that is Zach Zenner of the Detroit Lions. He should be available just about everywhere. So if you need a deep league flyer or the Mike Doria dart, as we like to call him, uh, Zach Zenner is someone that you should look at and possibly worth a couple dollars. The reason being, Dwayne Washington has a foot slash ankle sprain it's been reported kind of vaguely so far but Zenner would step in at Dwayne Washington's role we know Theo Riddick's role is going to stay the same here as the third down back but Zenner is is a guy that um should get I don't know he's he's probably a safe bet for double digit carries isn't he yeah so so far this season when it comes to the Lions we've seen a two-back breakdown in the backfield so Riddick has sustained that pass catching role and then after um why am I drawing a blank uh Amir Abdullah went down with yep. his injury. Uh, Dwayne Washington has filled in and the, as the between-the-tackles runner, as you mentioned here, basically the first and second down back. Uh, so it seems like they would kind of want to sustain that. On the other hand, after Sunday's beatdown against the Bears when they played horribly, mm-hmm. uh, who knows if that's what they're actually going to follow. But if they do follow the two running back breakdown again, then Zach Zenner would be the one that would seemingly fill in. And in his career, he hasn't got a lot of work, but he's had 20 carries for 82 yards in regular season games. Mm-hmm. Also three catches for 33 yards. Yeah, and there's the benefit of the goal line work that's presumed. I mean, Theo Riddick yeah. hasn't had more than 11 carries in a game this season here. So, again, Theo Riddick got a bunch of targets the last few weeks, but I think uh, Zenner's going to be try to be their, their main running back here in Detroit. If- and that's assuming Dwayne Washington does miss action. Mm-hmm. And again, so we have a so Payne has a two to four dollar bid on Zach Zenner. Again, a quick refresher: Kevin Payne writes the actual waiver wire column for RotoWire. He likes to give us a ballpark estimate of how much you would bid. I'd say two to four dollars is, is pretty accurate for yeah. someone like Zenner. No, I'm, I'm with you. Just because there's not a ton of long-term viability here. Yeah. want to throw out some honorable mentions here. Josh Ferguson had ten targets Sunday in London. Maybe worth noting. C.J. Spiller. Again, this is kind of a product of Russell Wilson spreading the ball around, but he did catch a touchdown in his Seahawks debut. Also, Jack was Rogers of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had six carries for 25 yards and a catch. Who knows what could happen there after the Charles Sims fumble. Doug Martin's still hurt there. Any of those options kind of uh, sneak up at you? I know Ferguson was a kind of a deep flyer in drafts. I took him in a couple best ball leagues. Man, uh, I mean, you can't really deny the 10 targets for a running back. I mean, Mm -hmm. if he's able to even get, like, seven per game, I would be very interested in him in a PPR format. On the other hand, I I don't know if that's totally viable. Um, What do you think? Yeah, I I don't know if that's sustainable over the course of a year, but he should still be on the radar in those PPR formats. I'd even consider throwing him on a watch list here, um, you know, just I mean, just to see what you can get out of that. I guess Indy does play Chicago this week, so maybe just the short-term viability if they do decide to, you know, uh, focus on him as much in the passing game. I could see mm-hmm. something happening this weekend. I just don't know if it's good long-term. Mm-hmm. All right. What about drop candidates, though? We, we kind of mentioned Thomas Rawls as a potential drop candidate last week. You could see a limited role coming back. Justin Forsett, of course, on the chopping block if you own him. Maybe he'll sign somewhere else, but for now he's pretty much a safe drop here too. I mean, if you picked up Matt Asiata because you were looking at like the breakdown of Minnesota backs mm-hmm. after Adrian Peterson goes down, do you kind of like Jettison at, at this point because he hasn't been utilized enough? I know he did mm-hmm. score a touchdown yeah. against the Giants. I mean, he hasn't been all that efficient, six carries for six yards. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're in a touchdown-only league, I think you can 
rationalize a roster spot for Asiata, but if you're in like a PPR league, there's going to be better options for you because yeah. some of these guys that we mentioned, your your Bobby Rainey's, for example, are going to have more productive fantasy weeks than Asiata right. because you know five catches for 20 yards is more productive than five rushing yards and a score. Yeah, exactly. So I think in those situations you can go. All right, let's try the wide receivers here. There's an interesting group. Last week we profiled Terrell Pryor, who had another big week with a touchdown. Adam Humphreys, Jamison Crowder, and Cole Beasley. All had pretty disappointing weeks, but keep in mind they had some rough matchups here. Let's start, though, at the top here. Dontrell Amon is someone that stood out to me. Now, we've kind of referenced him in the past, and you may or may not know what you're getting out of him. He's owning just 2% of Yahoo, 1% of ESPN leagues. Again, Eric, followed the targets, and he had 11 of them Sunday against the Saints here. Finished with 7 for 120 and a score. What are your thoughts on uh, Dontrell Amon as a waiver wire pickup? Um, I mean, this is a... This is a one-time thing, at least this season. Uh, previously, he had three, three, and four targets before busting out for 11. Mm-hmm. He, he already bested that total in one game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see it happening, especially with all the injuries in that receiving core. Um, and previously, you know, as a charger, he has averaged between 13 and 14 yards per catch, no matter what, the season. And he's always he's found been, himself up there in the yards per target rankings, too. He's, yeah. he's good at getting big stretch plays. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so in 25 career games, he has four touchdowns. I mean, that's not great, but he does have, oh, man. He, he has some big playability. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, last year he showed uh, that ability with uh, six catches of 20-plus yards and one of 40-plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he, it's there. I think he's worth maybe a buck or two. He's someone that you can be think of. Now, we weren't really high on Iman earlier, but so it's not necessarily my opinion of him that's changed, but maybe my opinion of Travis Benjamin has changed a little bit. In the last two weeks, he's fumbled three times, and he's lost two of them. Now, some of those were on punt returns where they're looking at removing him, mm-hmm. so that's something to watch. But And Tyra Williams, I mean, he didn't come out of this game with an injury designation, but at times he seemed to be, appear to little, be limping on the field. A little gimpy, yep. And so I could easily see him landing on the injury report this week, but... Uh, because he was able to play the entirety of the game, I don't really think that is going to have be a long term issue. But we will see. Uh, right? Yeah. So uh, our, our own Kevin Payne says three to six dollars on the waiver wire for Iman. He's someone to take a look at possibly here. Another guy that we've mentioned in the past, Robert Woods. He's owned in seven percent of Yahoo and ten percent of ESPN leagues. We've mentioned him, but he needs to be brought up again because Sammy Watkins has been placed on IR since our last show officially. So uh, so we're going back to Robert Woods again, following the targets. A team-high 10 targets Sunday against the Patriots. Turn that into seven catches for 89 yards. Does he all of a sudden become a viable wide receiver option heading into bye weeks? I would say, yeah. Um, so the breakdown of targets in that game, I think Charles Clay had seven and Matt Forte six. No other wideout in Buffalo had more than five. So he doubled up every, every other wideout in his core. Uh, when it comes to, when it came to targets, and he actually averaged twelve point seven yards per catch, you know that's that's okay in that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I'll um, take that against uh, the Patriots. But he, he's he's never going to have like, I don't think he's ever going to be an explosive guy. Like he just has not shown that as a professional. Mm-hmm. But if he is definitely going to get ten targets per game, I I would like to have him. And if it's going to stay consistent, I mean. You, you, if you can get 10 points out of a wideout in a 12-team league, you're probably going to be fairly happy with that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially in the flex spot. Yeah, especially with a lot of receivers on bye weeks this week. I mm-hmm. mean, Brandon Cooks is on a bye, Doug Baldwin's on a bye, Jeremy Macklin's on a bye, your your Hearns and Robinson are on a bye. There's some good receivers on bye weeks yeah. this week, so you're going to have to make some tough calls. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know if you have this issue at all, but uh, because of the week five buys, like, wide receiver is a position I'm really focusing on this week because mm-hmm. you need to get I need to grab somebody basically. Yep. 
Yeah, so there's a lot of targets. Uh, we're going to go through a couple more main targets that, we got, that we're going to take a look at. Maybe you're not on a, on a bye week in a tough bye week situation, but you're a Des Bryant owner, for example. He's someone that you might need to take a look at uh, because uh, it looks like Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler are kind of getting back into the swing of things. Butler is universally available pretty much. Terrence Williams only owned in roughly 10% of both ESPN and Yahoo leagues. And those guys seem to split things up a little bit with uh, Des Bryant out on Sunday. Williams with four for 41 and a touchdown on six targets. Bryce Butler had nine targets, turned that into five for 41 and a score here. Who do you think the man is to own while Des sits? Uh, personally, I think it's Terrence Williams, <coughs> uh, more so because he's been used more consistently, whereas uh, Bryce Butler all of a sudden had nine targets and only previously had a, a few on the season. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Terrence Williams isn't doing a heck of a lot with his targets this season. I mean, he's catching most of the balls coming his way. Mm-hmm. He, he's only actually, um, let's see, he's 11 for 14. Uh, he's caught 11 mm-hmm. to 14 targets this season. So he has actually improved his uh, catch percentage a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the last two weeks he's had eight standard points and ten standard points. Mm-hmm. If he's consistently getting eight to ten points, like we mentioned, that that uh, threshold of eight to ten, like it's in, invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so call me a politician because I'm essentially flip-flopping on Terrence Williams since the start of the year. I was high on him as a deep sleeper early on. I was like, he's a contract year. This is his time. He'll be a good compliment to Des Bryant. I figured he'd be way above Cole Beasley on the pecking order. So I was high on him then. And then he displayed just some terrible field awareness earlier in the year, failing to get out of bounds when the game's on the line. Yeah, in week that one. That type of thing in week one. And I was thinking, like, okay, what the heck are you doing, Terrence Williams? Then I went ahead and dropped him because the next game he wasn't getting looked at at all. And no Cole targets. Beasley looked like he's a man. Now I'm picking him back up yes. because he's a good compliment here. So I think Terrence Williams, based on skills, I'm going to go back to that whole contract year thing. That's something that you need to absolutely watch out for here because, I, I mean, I, I'd pick him back up probably in a 4 to $6 fab bid range even if you have the opportunity to yeah. do so. Yeah, and I think you can count on the Cowboys, you know, making a poor decision on the health of Des Bryant, like bringing, mm-hmm. making sh- or clearing him to come back too early, and then he aggravates said injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think that just sets up uh, everybody else in the receiving core, Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams, uh, Bryce Butler, to actually have sustained value. Exactly. And the whole situation kind of might go up in flames if they do make a quarterback switch to Tony Romo at some point midseason here. Yeah. Because Tony Romo has his guys, and I guess we'll wait and see yeah, how that point. plays out. All right. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business? It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to make something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, too busy scheduling appointments, too busy to build a website for your business, and because you're too busy, it has to be easy. That's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. All right, Eric, we kind of ran through the uh, top three options here on the waiver wire with Dontrell and Mon, Robert Woods, and Terrence Williams. A couple more bullet point type guys, honorable mentions I want to mention here. Uh, first off, Corey Coleman. If someone He's going to be missing a few more weeks. He had three, four more weeks with that hand fracture. But he's owned in uh, 48% Yahoo and 45% ESPN. So I think you need to go ahead and pick him up here because uh, if you were holding Josh Gordon, for example, 
by Felicia. You don't, we don't need any more of that. Exactly. He's not going to be playing on your team here. I'm a very frustrated Josh Gordon owner as well. That's a whole other show, whole other topic to be had here. But Josh Gordon, no more fantasy utility for 2016. Go ahead and get Corey Coleman because I know Terrell Pryor has been uh, very effective lately, but Coleman's going to be the guy when he comes back. He was showing signs of starting to break out, and I think when he got hurt, a lot of people dropped him because they figured, oh, Josh Gordon will be back eventually, and then they've got Gordon and Pryor. What do I need Coleman for? That was a bad move. Go ahead and make those owners pay by picking up Corey Coleman. I mean, and uh, Cody Kessler was under center this past weekend again, correct? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I mean, we might eventually see McCown back from a broken collarbone, but yes. either way, uh, I mean, Co- Coleman is going to be someone worth owning when he comes back from injury. So Kessler, again, threw 40 passes this past Sunday. If they're going to ha- be having that type of volume, mm-hmm. especially when Coleman comes back, I mean, he's going to get a quarter of those, right? Yeah, like, He's he going to be looking at, at his best option in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think on, on any given week, Coleman, Pryor, and Barnage will all be candidates for double-digit targets. Yeah, and Duke Johnson, uh, distant fourth. Yeah, yeah, he, he'll be in there. Yeah, he always seems to work his way in the mix somehow here. What about in Detroit, though? Anquan Bolden had eight targets Sunday at Chicago. I mean, Golden Tate, he's been bad. I almost want to think, like, okay, what teammate's wife did he sleep with or something like that, going this back time? to Seattle all over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the deal with Golden Tate is, uh, but he's falling out of the favor of Matt Stafford very quickly. I mean, it was really apparent if you were watching this game. He essentially ran a go route, one that was supposed to be an out, and led to a, just a, a really easy interception that Matt Stafford threw. Mm-hmm. And Stafford was not, not happy at all with him. Mm-hmm. Of course, so that's an adverse effect there. And then he sat a lot in the second half. So, I mean, assuming that Golden Tate is moving down in the pecking order here, does that give Anquan Bolden a slight boost in value? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, we always want to follow the targets, and he had eight in this game. But he has shown no explosiveness whatsoever like he did earlier in his career only eight yards per catch uh one and only one of his 17 catches has gone for 20 plus but he's had at least six targets in the last three so he's gonna have some modest value i just don't see it translating to um him turning into even like a wide receiver three yeah so far a lot of that golden tate leftover targets have gone primarily shuffled into marvin jones and eric ebron and i think that's going to stay the same here Rick. Uh, yeah, Riddick will get some as well here. Another player to watch, Michael Thomas of the Saints, had nine targets, finished with four for 44 and a score. Willie Sneed just had one target. I mean, is that a product of Sneed still being a little bit banged up coming back from injury? I would say I would say it's because of the toe injury, but we've also seen Brandon Cooks not be as effective when Sneed's not healthy and not out there. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if like Brandon Cooks kind of needs Willie Sneed to actually be healthy to do something consistently on the on the other hand michael thomas has been a constant in the offense he's had six five eleven and nine targets the 11 and nine happened the last two weeks of so 20 targets overall but he's averaging just 10.9 yards per catch we would like to see like a little boost in that for him to you know become maybe a wide receiver too yeah absolutely one other name that kind of stood out for me a ton of chiefs got a lot of targets in that sunday night blowout here but Tyreek Hill looks like he's a pretty dang good athlete, so he drew my attention with both his concentration and that athleticism. He was targeted seven times, finished with five for 24 and a score. Does he kind of have any long-term value for you, or are you just kind of throwing the box score for this one out because they had to throw so many times? I mean, Alex Smith, I think, threw 50 times in this game, and, I mean, the Chiefs are never going to win when that's happening here. But, I mean, Alex Smith, someone, I mean, Tyreek Hill maybe. You might want to take a look at those Chiefs receivers a little I get, bit. I guess I like that he's increases target count in each game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just discounting the number of passes thrown by Alex Smith. He's gone from one to two to four to seven in his first mm-hmm. four games of his career. So, I mean, if that's 
if that trend is going to sustain, I mean, obviously it's not going to keep going up, but I mean, if it levels out and he gets around seven yards or seven targets per game, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So what about drop candidates? We already said Josh Gordon, see you later. How about, uh, <laughs> how about Golden Tate? I mean, can you drop him in a 10 team league? I, I would say, yeah, in 10 team leagues, uh, I, in 12 teamers, I would still want to hold on mm-hmm. to him and see if he can bounce back. Yeah, he can't be in your starting lineup, though. What about Tyler Lockett? Is he a drop candidate? Uh, he's apparently dealing with an injury that Doug Baldwin divulged after Sunday's game. I don't know if uh, this is previously known until today, but Doug Baldwin revealed that Tyler Lockett is dealing with a PCL tear. This is probably something the team didn't want him to reveal. Of course, it, yeah. It, it I mean, was, if they haven't revealed it to this point, I'm sure Pete Carroll is yeah. not happy with that revolution. And it was it was put out there by Doug Baldwin, his teammate, and Tyler Lockett has only had 36 total snaps the last two games, mm-hmm. explaining his lack of production. But the Seahawks, as you mentioned earlier, have a bye week for him to get healthy, for Russell Wilson to get, ha- get healthy. I would say hold on to Lockett, see what happens in mm-hmm. week six when they come back. And if he, also, if he again, doesn't do much, then at that point you might want to consider, you know, jettisoning him for somebody of that's actually going to give you something. Yeah, we'll toss him back on the chopping block at that point here. But, uh, yeah, Tyler Lockett, maybe hold for now. We'll, mm-hmm. see, we'll see moving forward here. So let's move to tight ends, Eric. Last week we discussed Eric Ebron, Cameron Brait, Ryan Griffin, and Hunter Henry. I think if there's anyone worth rehashing here, Hunter Henry's the man. He scored another touchdown here uh, for uh, the Chargers, and he seems like he's going to be a good option moving forward as long as Antonio Gates is out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what was his exact stat line? I'm looking it up here. but Okay, so four for 61, a touchdown on seven targets. Mm-hmm. I, I really can't deny that that I'm interested in him right now after having back-to-back weeks, 72 yards and then 61 yards and a touchdown. Yep. If, if As long as Antonio Gates is out, it seems like he's going to get – roughly 7 to 12 points per game as he's done the last two weeks. Exactly. I mean, he's a big physical guy, 6'5", 250. Last two weeks he had 60 snaps against Indianapolis and 68 snaps against the Saints. I think this is big news for Hunter Henry. Uh, So, I mean, I think he's got to be right up there with Cameron Braid as your top waiver wire targets this week. Uh, Anybody else jump out at you? I mean, Garrett Selleck had a decent game. He was getting work with Vance McDonald inactive. Selleck had five catches for 79 yards on five targets. But they have a short week here, and they've got the Arizona Cardinals defense, so I'd probably stay away from that, right? Man, the, the, the Cardinals defense has just been so underwhelming this year. Mm-hmm. They, did, they did make some strategic changes to their secondary. Yeah. They lost some veterans, Gerard Powers and Rashad Johnson to name two, brought in Tyvon Branch. Tyron Matthew hasn't been like the you know defensive player of the year candidate that he was last year, but he is coming off that ACL tear. Uh, it sounds like that Tyron Matthew might actually play in the slot this week. Interesting. Meaning, I mean, I guess he wouldn't be matched up against Garrett Selleck specifically, but maybe a guy like Jeremy Curley will just be shut down at that point. But we're we're still waiting on Tyron Matthew to actually solidify the back end of that defense. Mm-hmm. But until that happens... I think you can exploit it, and Garrett Selleck might be a decent option. Exactly. And last, like a quick announcement in the tight end department, Tyler Eifert's going to be back this week for the Bengals. Also looks like Zach Ertz is going to be back this week for the Eagles. So if there's an impatient owner in your league or you're just in a shallow <laughs> league and someone dropped him, 
go ahead and pick those guys out. They're probably better than the Hunter Henrys and the Eric Ebrons and the Cameron Brates of the world. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Eifert's out there, but there there has to be a few leagues where he's actually available. Yep. Also, Zach Miller caught another touchdown this past week. I just want to kind of throw that name out there. He's That's an good. option at, at the tight end position here. Kyle Rudolph, yeah, as we mentioned yeah, earlier. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph, exactly here. I mean, all those guys, I think Hunter Henry's probably a 5 to $10 player. Some of those other guys might be 11 or $12 players if you really want to stretch it, but there's good options out there here. Yeah. All right, what about streaming defense options? You can't really pick on the Browns again because the Patriots' defense is going to be owned in most places. Uh, any other defenses at all jump out at you in the matchup? I mean, as you mentioned here, the 49ers are an inter- interesting play, especially if Carson Palmer is unable to play and Drew mm-hmm. Stanton is under center. On the other hand, the 49ers' defense lost Navarro Bowman to a torn Achilles, but that will be offset a little bit by Aaron Lynch returning from suspension. Exactly. Um, he, Aaron Lynch is more of a pass rusher than a tackle monster, mm-hmm. and so I think there's still going to be some deficiencies in the middle of the San Francisco defense, but if Stan's under center, they're a prime candidate to force a few turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. And then just for housekeeping, the uh, the Bills at the Rams, the over-under on that game is 40 this week. Uh, so well, if any of those guys are available, go for it. Also, the Texans at the Vikings, uh, the over-under on that game is 39.5. So you're looking at low-scoring games as a target. Most of those defenses, I think, are going to be already owned, but you know, just kind of throwing that out there for good housekeeping. Well, I mean, what do you think of the Falcons' defense going against Paxton Lynch? If... In fact, he does start this weekend over Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, the over-under on that game somehow is 47 and a half. It's a little high, mm-hmm. but I do like, uh, I mean, just the fact that it's a young quarterback. You always mm-hmm. want to target those quarterbacks. And the Falcons defense is probably available, so they might even be a decent DFS play yeah. this week. Oh, nice. All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Wix.com. Also remember to check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. Hey, thanks again for bearing with me. Uh, a little under the weather with a cold today, but uh, we made it through here. Once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. And over here, I'm Eric Aturi, and you can find me on Twitter at etcat30. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Mario and John. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.